Maybe all I need this morning is for people to understand that we serve a mighty God. We serve an awesome God. We serve a glorious God. And he is with us always and he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Ladies and gentlemen, it is always a pleasure and a privilege for me to speak to you. And this morning is one such day to just share the word of God with you. And I am hopeful that you will benefit something, even as I will benefit also. And I'm quite sure I normally learn from what I say. So I'm going to learn more. Yanku spoke about my son-in-law who was involved in a car accident yesterday morning. He was hit by a car and he sustained some serious injuries in the head and he has been at the hospital overnight. They did scans. They told us there was clotting of blood and internal bleeding in the head and all that. So we have been seriously praying overnight. I hope I won't doze while standing here. But Yanku, for your own information, we have just gotten a message now that they have discharged him from Jobek Hospital. He's going home, but we're also trying to take him for further testing and scanning with some private hospital. So thank you for your prayers. God has already answered your prayers. So fast, you guys, you can pray. God is good. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we 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 glad we, we we are really happy over that. Ladies and gentlemen, not to waste much of your time. If you have got your Bibles this morning, we are on Ephesians. Remember, we are on the other side. How many people know that since the event or the the miracle of the cross 2019 years ago, we have always been on this side that we are talking about. Yeah, we arrived through Jesus. There are two sides of life the side before the cross and the side after the cross. So you and me have been born on the right side the side of the cross where the work has already been done. You know, that's why the Bible calls you and me more than conquerors. We did nothing, but we are conquerors. We have been born into victory. We're living in victory. We're walking in victory. Being defeated is a choice. Are you with me this morning? I said being defeated is a choice because you're already born in victory. So this morning I am just going to talk to us about the practice of a believer the practice of a believer on this side that we are in. How should a believer carry himself? How should a believer journey through this journey or walk through this life? I think it is very, very crucial and very important for you and me to understand that there is an expectation by heaven, there is an expectation by God of how you and me should care ourselves. Eh? He already has given us the guidelines, the structure, and everything else on how to walk and how to move. And we have no excuses because everything is laid down for you and me. Victory has been given you. Power has been given you. Authority has been given you. Everything you need, you require in this life, Jesus has already given. 
Hallelujah, somebody. I guess you guys, you know that I love people who say hallelujah. I love noise. I am a Pentecostal preacher. Hallelujah. So I want us to take a small journey on the practice of a believer. And I need us to understand that your practice as a believer is determined by your position in the Lord. You can't practice when you don't understand who you are in Christ Jesus. When you don't understand your position in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it is the position that gives you the ability to practice. It is the position that gives you the heart, the passion, the mandate, and the understanding of how to practice. So it is important that as a believer we fully understand our position so that we are able to practice accordingly. If you read the book, the Bible, the book of Ephesians, Ephesians is divided into two phases. Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, it's talking about the believer's position. So if you really want to fully understand who you are in Christ Jesus, I would invite you to take time to read Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. It gives you a clear picture of who you are in Christ Jesus. And so does Colossians chapter 1 and even chapter 2 in Colossians. They will explain to you how or what you have in Christ Jesus. So the Bible is very clear, therefore, in Ephesians where we are, I want us to understand that we have been already been blessed. You see, let me read Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Guys, can I just briefly say, I just want to make my introduction on the position because I'm talking about the practice. Never spend your life looking ahead to be blessed by God. God has already blessed you. You have already been empowered. You have already been equipped. You have the capacity. You have the power to become that which God wants you to to do everything that God wants you to do. That's why the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because I have already been blessed. I have already been given the weapons, the spiritual weapons that I need in this life. And I have listed a few of those weapons for you there that you are already chosen in the Lord Jesus Christ. You did not choose him, but he chose you. You are a chosen generation. That's what the Bible says. You are already redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Eh? Don't go for a second deliverance. No, you have already been redeemed. You have already been delivered. Colossians chapter 1, I think it's verse 13, the Bible says, He has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness eh, into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He already has. It's a past tense. It has been done. Are you with me this morning? Yes, you have been forgiven your sins. Please, don't, don't walk bondaged by your sins. He forgave. You have been forgiven. Hallelujah. You are free. Talk to your neighbor and say you are free. Very free. 
Remember that forgiveness is a tool, is a powerful tool that you need to carry to journey through. Because if you are not careful, life and the world wants you to feel guilty. They want you to feel like you are a sinner. Have you never heard people say we are sinners? Me, I am not. I'm not sure about you. I have been forgiven. Are you with me this morning? It says you are blameless. Please, don't allow the world to blame you. You blameless. Before God, you are blameless. Because you are clothed with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are blameless. Then you are adopted sons of God. Eh? You are members of the household of God. You are children of the Most High Jehovah. You and me are those adopted sons. We are accepted. He has made us accepted among the beloved. Eh? Us and the Jews are one. He, we are predestined. We are also sealed with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? The Holy Spirit is our mark. If you, if you are a farmer and you keep livestock, you normally put a seal on your animals, isn't it? And we know that these ones belong to Mark, these ones belong to Connell, these ones belong to KK because of the seal. And guess what? You and me have one seal, the Holy Spirit. He's our mark that we belong to God. He's our mark that we are children of God. He's our mark that we are sons of God. The world does not have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says they don't know him. They don't understand him. But you and me, he is our mark. He is our seal. We are sealed. We belong to heaven. We don't belong to anyone else. It's foundational for us to know our position. So I wanted to make a little demonstration here. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses number, let me perhaps read from verse 4. The Bible says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse number 6, And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Before then, let's read Chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 20. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in the age which is to come. Let me make a simple demonstration here. I need us to understand our position, how powerful you and me are. God raises Jesus from the dead. We're going into that period, eh? This week. And he makes Jesus sit on his right hand. Hmm? Far above every principality, every power, every dominion, every might that you can ever imagine. And every name called now and to be called in the future. That's where Jesus is seated. And look at the mystery. Jesus goes to where you and me were, dead in our trespasses, when he died on the cross. He came to where you and me were, dead in our trespasses. So he died our death with us. And then what does, that, what does God do? He raises Christ from the dead. Eh? And when Jesus came into life, you and me also came into life. 
he made us alive at the resurrection with Christ Jesus. You are no longer dead in your sins. You are no longer where you used to be. You are now a new creation. Hallelujah. And not only that, he then raised us together with Christ on ascension when Jesus was ascending to heaven. Guess what? You and me as believers were also ascending with him. The Bible says, let me read that scripture so that you can understand. And they raised us up together. Eh? Where am I? And made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where is Jesus seated? In the heavenly places. On the right hand of his father. And God raises. This power is Jesus. Eh? He's sitting on the right hand of God. Yeah, in the heavenly places, far above anything that can harm you and me or anyone else. Eh? And what does God do? He raises us. These represent you and me. Eh? He raised us up together with Jesus and made us sit together eh? with Jesus in him. Where? In the heavenly places. Where are you right now? While you are here, you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Far above every principality, every power, every dominion, every mighty, and every name called now and to be called in the future. Guys, you are in a mighty position of authority. You are no longer under the authority of principalities. You are no longer under the authority of demons. You are no longer under authority of what might or what dominion. But you are under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, with whom you are sitting in him in the heavenly places, on the right hand of the Father, reigning and ruling in the earth. Are you understanding me this morning? The way you function therefore as a Christian is determined through this position. You walk, you do everything based on your position of authority. You're no longer under Satan's authority. You are under Christ's authority. And therefore reigning and ruling. Say to your neighbor, I am ruling in this life. The moment you understand your position and who you are, you can then practice being a Christian. Hallelujah. You can then practice being a child of God. You can then practice being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without fear, without intimidation, without begging people, without fearing the world, without anything else. Because you know, you know, you are with Christ Jesus. In him. The Bible says in him we live, we move, and we have our being. So we conduct everything we do in Christ Jesus. What can the devil do? If God be for us, who can be against us? And what can men do to us if Jesus is with us? Nothing, beloved. We're powerful. Are you with me this morning? You are sitting next to one of the most powerful beings on earth. Please remind them that they are too powerful to be playing games. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the position. We therefore act, live, and conduct ourselves based on our position in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6, therefore, talk about the practice of a believer. 
what the believer ought to do and how the believer ought to do what he has to do. And so for a few minutes this morning, we are looking at that. Let's move on. We're looking at that. So I have said this, your practice is determined by the position. We can go on to another slide. I guess this is... You and me understand full well that we are the church, the body of Christ here, isn't it? And the body of Christ is made of individuals. Eh? Together we are too strong. Hallelujah. Together we are too powerful. Eh? Together we are the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. This is what we call the household of the Lord. Eh? Made of individual build, believers. We are bricks into this house, eh? and each one of us has a foundational or a fundamental function, and do you know that the body of Christ becomes a little bit weaker if you are not doing what you are supposed to do as an individual brick, eh? Yeah, any brick in any building that has suffered a lot of weather conditions and the breaks, guess what, there is a gap in the building. Not only a gap, guess what, the whole building must might crack, yeah? And it makes the whole structure not strong enough. So each one of us have a mandate to practice the best we can by the Spirit and by grace of the Lord. Yeah? So that this household is strong enough to do what it ought to do. The church is designed to administer or to dispense Christ's fullness everywhere. Guys, it is your role, it is my role, it is our role together to give the world Jesus. We're dispensing, isn't it? We are a channel of his fullness. We are a channel of his love, of his power, of his authority, of his miracles, of his signs and wonders, of his goodness, of his kindness, of everything. We channel it out. We dispense it out as the church. We're giving it out. Hallelujah. The church ministers as a living body spreading over the earth and penetrating the heavenlies. That's why we are seated in the heavenlies. Not in the earth, but in the heavenlies, but operating in the earth. That's the mystery. I have no time to explain it this morning. But that is where the mystery lies. So Ephesians 3 verse Nine, let's read it. It's good to read scriptures. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church, to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Hallelujah. That's who, that's who we are and that's what we are doing. Making known the manifold wisdom of God. Not only to the earth, but to principalities. Yeah? To dominions, to kingdoms, to powers, to authorities, even in the heavenlies. Because they need to know Jesus. And there is no one else who knows Jesus except you and me. Because we are his followers. Don't follow what you don't know. It's dangerous. I hope we all know the Jesus we are following. Hallelujah. Because when we know him, then we will start to preach him. 
because that is our mandate. So the role of the church is to give this. So every believer's role is in dispensing, spreading, distributing or administering the grand truth of the gospel of God's purpose in the church. The church is the present expression of Christ in the earth. He reigns as king through the church and we are the church. When the people look at you and me, they must not see you but see Jesus. Yeah? Because you and me are in Christ Jesus. Eh? When you look at this, what do you see before you see what is inside? You see this power, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's how it is. We are in Jesus. And when they look at you, they must see Jesus before they see you. Are you with me? Because your role and my role is to give Jesus, is to show Jesus, is to display Jesus. And when he looks at us, he says, yes, that is me. When you have touched, he has touched. When you have spoken, he has spoken. Hmm? When you walk through, he has walked through. Because you carry him, and you have him, and you know him. That's the duty of the church. That's the role of the church. But the question then is, how do we do this? How, how best can we do this? That's what I want us to discover. Then we are done. And I'll see you next year. How do we do this? If you read the Bible, Ephesians chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, the Bible shows us that our Christian life is a walk, is a journey. We work by walking. Eh? We serve by walking. We are walking towards. Eh? And that walk is divided into four categories. We walk in unity. Today we will talk about walking in unity. But then we also walk in love. Eh? We walk in light. Please, we are not walking in the light. We are walking in light because we are the light. It means you and me, when the Bible says we walk in light, that is to say we are shining our light. Eh? We are releasing our light because we are the light of this world. So we walk in it. Don't hide your light. Eh? And walk in darkness. No. Walk in light. Show that you are light. Hmm? Shine where you are because you are light. When light arrives, darkness flees. When you are employed in a company, be like Joseph. Darkness must flee that company when you walk in. And the company must begin to prosper. Because you carry the blessing of the Lord. Because you are the light. Are you with me this morning? When you walk in a place, things have got to be in order because the light has come. Unfortunately, these days, most of us, our light is so dimmed because we are not fueling it up. We say there is a shortage of fuel. Of course, there is a shortage of fuel, but this fuel is always in abundance. Hallelujah. So we also walk in wisdom. But this morning, what is it to walk in unity? Ephesians chapter 4. Let's, let's move on with my 
script so we can talk a, a number of things. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Yo, I love this. Walk worthy of the calling with which you are called. But maybe before I get there, you know, unity is the responsibility of each believer and is to be pursued endlessly. This body cannot survive without unity. In every sphere of our walking, unity is key. I will show you as we move on. So I need you to understand that as a Christian, you cannot operate and overcome fully without the person next to you. Hmm? Without being united with other believers. Maybe the reason why you see the body of Christ all over the world somehow disjointed is because the enemy knows the power of your unity. That when the body of Christ is united, oh my goodness God, heaven comes on earth. Yeah? When we are united as believers, there is no stopping us. We are too powerful united than just being individuals. Fair and fine, blessed as an individual, you are anointed as an individual, but you have a limit. But when you walk with others in unity, oh my, things happen. Are you with me? Things happen. That's why the Bible says, therefore I beseech you, you to walk worthy of the calling of which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. The unity of the spirit of God, eh? because he is one and God is one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are so united. The Godhead is so united. And you and me represent this unity of the Spirit in what we are doing, in how we, we function. When you look at your neighbor, you are not seeing a different individual. You are seeing you because we are the same. We are one. Hallelujah. And we are walking in that unity of the Spirit. I just want to explain this. Let's move on. I just want to explain this. Walk worthy. That's the key word there. Walking worthy. <laughs> the calling that you are called. Walk. The word worthy there talks of the sufficient weight. Eh? Carry as you walk the sufficient testimony, manifestation. Eh? Of what Jesus has done in your life. Walk, live, and do in a manner that acknowledges sufficiently what Christ has done in your life. If you can sit down and judge yourself, are you or is your life really manifesting the investment of Christ on the cross? To me, that's a foundational question. Does my life really manifest the investment? Guys, he invested everything. 
everything. 100% of himself. He gave for you and me. So is my life showing this? Am I walking worthy? The calling. Why am I called a child of God? A son of God? A Christian? An ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ? A representative of the kingdom of God on earth? Am I walking worthy the calling? Hmm? Is my life really worth Am I showing it? Am I living it? Am I demonstrating it? Am I giving it? I'm not sure these are questions to ask ourselves. Guys, it is always good to judge ourselves in the word of God so that we can allow the spirit of the Lord to teach us and to continually help us as we move on. So we are walking worthy in loneliness. Walk with all loneliness. What is loneliness? Loneliness talks of freedom from pride. Would you say you are totally free from selfish pride? Are you still attaching your identity, your boast, and everything else in who you are in the natural, in the flesh? Or you are posting in the Lord. The Bible says if any man should post, let them post in the Lord. I post that I am a child of God. I'm born of God. I'm supernatural. I am able. I'm above only and not beneath. I reign in this life through Christ Jesus. I am an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. I represent heaven. That's the post of a child of God. Not that I am a material. Eh? No, 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 no. That's no longer the post. It's good, but it's the flesh. It shows pride. Where is your heart this morning as you walk? What makes your heart tick this morning? Where is your pride? In the work on the cross or in the work of your hands? Or in your nationality? Where is your pride? I'm not sure, but if it isn't Jesus, welcome. Welcome to the walk in unity of the Spirit. Because when I'm boasting in Christ, I am identifying with the Spirit of the Lord. I'm identifying with the work of the cross in me. But when I post in other things, I am in carnality. You heard me this morning. Loneliness, humbleness of mind. What are you thinking about me right now? <laughs> humbleness of mind. What, what are your thoughts? No, the challenge with us believers in most cases when we live in hard times like these ones, our thoughts get scattered away. Our thoughts are all over and we end up thinking like the world and producing like the world. And yet you and me are different. We think differently. Yeah? Whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is true, Whatever is excellent, think about these things. 
The humbleness of mind. You know that Christians are very good at criticizing without offering solutions. He should have done this. If I was me, I could have said this. I could have put it this way. Come on, humbleness of mind. You heard me this morning. Humility, you know. You are walking in gentleness. All gentleness. Hmm? Gentleness. Ladies and gentlemen, the spirit of God is a gentle spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gentle spirit, but very firm. Gentleness is not, it's not a lady's thing. No, it's a God thing. It's a spirit of God thing. We gently with one another. Yeah? Gently with the people in the world. They are used to roughness. They are looking for somebody who can be gently even when they cut the queue in the fuel line. Who can be gently with the remarks. Who can go to them and say, Hi brother, I thought I was in front of you. But... <laughs> Not just to shout at them and look like them. And after shouting, we say, thank you, Jesus. Come on! It's, it's not sitting well. <laughs> we walk with the calling in all lowliness, in all gentleness, with long-suffering, with patience. Guys, the world needs a patient person. If you are not patient, you will commit suicide. If you are not patient, you will kill somebody. The world is crazy out there. Hello? Th things are crazy in Zimbabwe. Things are crazy in Africa. All over the world, the world is getting more crazy every minute. Those who shall overcome are those who are walking in long suffering. Because you are not suffering in vain. There is victory in your suffering. There is breakthrough in your patience. There is breakthrough in your keeping quiet. Sometimes there is breakthrough in withdrawing your vehicle from the fuel queue and go and pack it home. And wait for some days. There is victory in shutting your mouth sometimes and not commenting. Are you with me? That's long suffering. Because we're living in crazy times. We will be identified as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ by our patience. I'm not talking about tolerance. It's a different thing and it can be a deception. I'm talking about being patient. I will wait. Yeah? And wait. For they that wait upon the Lord to renew their strength. Maybe patience is a renewal tool that God has given you and me in these hard times. Be patient. Macbeth says be patient till the last. It's important. Are you with me this morning? Walking, bearing with one another in love as believers. Guys, if you are going to walk, if you are going to succeed in this Christian life with us here, be patient with us. 
be in love with believers here. Believers can be rough. Hello? Believers can be rough. Believers can act like they are demons when they are not. You will just have to be with them. Because each and every one of us here are in different stages of our growth in the Lord. We understand and interpret spirituals at different levels. Somebody still believes it is okay to shout at others. Somebody still believes it's okay to clap somebody. Somebody believes it's okay to, to just push you out of your seat. They want to sit there. So, be with one another in love. <laughs> because if you don't, you will eat each other. And the unit of the spirit lacks, therefore. Who said Christian life is easy? It's not a walk on a red carpet. Well, if you are looking for something red, the blood of Jesus. I think it's a walk on the blood of Jesus. That's the blood of sacrifice. That's the pathway of patience. That's the pathway of decreasing so he can increase. That's the pathway where you have no so-called rights. You stand aside and let the baby Christian <laughs> enjoy the baby style. And thereafter, you can nudge the baby. You heard me well this morning. Am I sounding clear or too hard? Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. Make every effort. Guys, it's not automatic. It's about your effort to walk in unity. It's about your effort to walk worthy the calling. It requires your effort. Your effort by faith. Your effort by the grace. All you need to understand is you already been given the capacity. You are able and you can. No one can fail. Everyone fails by choosing to fail. If you choose to do it, you will do it through Christ who strengthens you. If you choose to fail, then you won't fail through Christ. Because he can't fail you. Are you hearing me this morning? God bless us as we move on. Let's move on. We're walking in unity. Therefore, the saints, <laughs> let me put it this way. God is a marvelous God. We are still in chapter 4. If you go to verse 11. From verse 1 up to verse 10, he is talking to us about walking in unity. These things that I have explained. But he knows that it's not automatic. There has got to be some teaching and some equipping of believers so they are able to walk in this unity. And he comes amongst us here, according to verse 11, and he picks on some of us and gives them gifts. To be pastors, to be apostles, to be prophets, to be evangelists, to be teachers. So that 
they can do a specialized mandate. And that is what we call the fivefold. Eh? What are they there for? They are there because the saints, you and me, need to be trained, to be prepared, to be made fit, to be perfected, to be made fully qualified for the work of ministry until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. What we are doing this morning is part of the equipping. Eh? It's part of the perfecting, the making fit, the preparation, eh? the training, so that we can, all of us, come to the unity of the faith. Because there is one faith. There is one God. There is one Holy Spirit. There is one Jesus. There is one body. There is one heaven. We need to be in the unity of all these things. We can only get there by equipping. So he assigns others to do the equipping for the work of ministry. Maybe as a benefit as we just are rushing towards the end. <coughs> Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. These five are not the only calling in the body of Christ. Everywhere in the world, everyone wants to be pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher. Come on, guys, you see that, isn't it? Everyone. Because we have misrepresented Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Yeah? But that's not. These guys doesn't necessarily mean they are more anointed and more special than all of us here. No, it doesn't mean that they were taken from somewhere else. No, they were taken from among us, the, the saints. They still remain the saints. They still remain among the saints, but with an extra mandate eh, to equip. With an extra anointing to equip. Hello? Equipping the saints. You and me to be equipped. So, for so we are able to do the work of ministry. Meaning that each and every believer has a work of ministry to do. Yeah? So what's this preparation about? So that believers can mature to the stature of the fullness of Christ. Guys, we need maturity. Don't you think so? A baby who doesn't grow up mm, is a suspect. Don't you think so? We are all children of God. He expects us to grow up. And we are not growing up just into anything, but we are growing up into the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, you and me must look exactly like Jesus. When God looks at you and he looks at Christ, it's the same. One thing, that's the unit of faith. Yeah? So that we mature in doctrine so that we don't get moved and swayed and blown every direction. These days, particularly in Africa, woo, I tell you, you wonder where they get the doctrines from. But they carry the Bible. And if you are not careful, if you are not maturing in this doctrine here, we are talking about, you can just run with anything. Yeah? You can just run with anything and you lose your shape. I think I've said it here. There is an English saying that a frog lost its buttocks 
because of aping others. Have you seen how a frog is? No figure this side, nothing. <laughs> so I think, no shape. Eh? Once upon a time, he had a shape, but because of aping others, he saw a buffalo. He wanted to be like a buffalo, an elephant, this, that one, that. And at the end of the day, he had no shape. The same applies here in the spirit world. You just hear this, you are after it. That day, that day, that day, that day. At the end of the day, you don't know who you are. You are confused totally. Are you listening to me? So we need to mature in the doctrine. And the fivefold is there to do that. So we can practice it. To mature in speaking the truth in love. Please, you know I have done wrong. Don't come and shout. Eh? Get a proper approach. You have the truth, congratulations. But you know how to channel the truth in love so that the believer can come back next Sunday. So that you can remain in a relationship. That's there. Mature and grow in all things into him, Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. We are not growing into the man of God. We are not growing into Papa so-and-so, into prophet so-and-so. No, 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 no. no. We are growing into Christ, who is the head of the church. Because we must look like Jesus. Are you with me this morning? So, it's the fivefold. This is their practice. <laughs> this is their work. So, you and me can practice our Christian work well. There has got to be equipping. There has got to be training. There has got to be making fit. There has got to be preparation. So don't cry when they call you every Tuesday night for Bible study. It's the preparation. Do come so that you can practice your Christian walk. Are you listening to me? I wish it could be every evening the Bible study so we can be perfect in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, not Jesus Christ of Muzaraban or DRC. No, 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 but of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Let's finish up. Therefore, right, where are we? Don't lose me. Let's go. Next slide. As we mature in our work, we become effective in the work of ministry. This is, you know, the work of ministry is the enterprise of every believer. Every believer has a business. And that business is ministry. The work of ministry. We are all in ministry. And we have a work to do. And we are being prepared for that work. And God wants us to do that work. No believer is not working. I'm not talking about a job here. Talking about work. Where you are, you are working and doing the work of ministry. I will show you. What's the work of ministry? Witnessing for Christ. 
In your business, are you witnessing for Christ? In your office, are you witnessing for Christ? In the fuel queue, are you witnessing for Christ? How many souls have you won in your business? In the classroom, I was once a teacher. I always tell people this story. A headmaster and a teacher. In my classroom, no child would never give his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. No, they were my church. Every morning, Monday to Friday, 30 minutes, we into it, man. <laughs> Praying for the sick. Loving one another. Teaching the word. That was my church. Yeah? Witnessing for Christ. That's the work of ministry. Manifesting Jesus. Sometimes we manifest him when we are even silent. Doing nothing. And somebody looks at you and they comes and asks a question that will activate you into sharing Christ. Mm -hmm. Dispensing Christ, I've spoken about this and distributing. That's the work of ministry. Every believer is at work. And our number one work, beloved, is winning souls. Our number one work is preaching him, Jesus. Preaching Jesus doesn't need this every time. This is for Sunday. Preaching Jesus is everywhere, in the garden, wherever, on the streets. Well-groomed, well-trained, maturing believers who know their walk, they are walking worthy the calling they are called. They win souls left, right, and center. They talk about Jesus everywhere. Every minute. Jesus is the subject of your discussions. Because you are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are at work. Are you with me this morning? God bless us as we mature into this. Such as I have, I do give. What do you have? Me, I have Jesus. What are you giving to the world? What are you giving to your children, to your spouse? What are you giving to your workers? What are you giving to your boss? You have a hard boss in the workplace. Give him Jesus. Yeah? Give him Jesus. Let me give you a tip. You have your keys to the boss's office. When he is away, go and open the office. Sit on his chair. And pray. Touch everything and declare what you want to see and lock the office and go away. Don't smear oils and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Those things are almost witchcraft. They don't work. Just sit on that chair and say the man or the woman who sits on this chair has a heart of love. Loves Jesus. Loves me. Appreciates me promotes me, eh? increases my salary every month in Jesus' name. <laughs> I have kept <been> deep. <laughs> Go and write. <laughs> Peter says, silver, I don't have. Gold, I don't, man. 
but as such as I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, arise and uh, that's what it is. Let's finish off. Hmm? That's not my slide. Wow! I'm done. So, <laughs> thanks. So, what am I saying to us this morning, beloved? Let's go out to the world and give the world what we have. We don't have the world. We have Jesus. We don't have what the world think they want. We have what the world needs. And that is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Go and give him. You are his ambassador. You represent him. You have him. He is in you. You live in him. Don't look for Jesus anywhere else. You are in Christ Jesus. He is in you. You have the spirit of God, the mind of God, the ability of God. You are blessed beyond measure. Don't struggle. Let the blessing of the Lord make you rich. Because with it, he does not add any toil or suffering. So you and me can make it in this life because we are in the best power and authority ever. So it's up to you to realize the authority that you have. In Shona, they say, meaning you die of thirst when you are standing right inside water. Believers are struggling and they're looking for power and authority everywhere when they are in power. When they are in authority. When they are the power and the authority. May God help us to open our eyes and behold the authority that we have and behold who we are in Christ Jesus. You can turn the world upside down for Christ. It's your choice. God bless you. Thank you very much.